Scott, go ahead and give me your... Are you recording? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. I hit record. Cool. We're doing the sound check right now. Cool. Give me your name and your favorite order at In-N-Out. All right. My name is Scott Fuji. My favorite order at In-N-Out is a double-double no cheese. So I guess that's called a double meat. Mm. Okay. Um, and I used to love their vanilla milkshake, but... For some reason, I've developed lactose intolerance oh, no. mildly, mm. and I think it's a testament that their milkshake is very pure or clean because I have like a 20-minute window, <laughs> and I have the <laughs> oh shit moment, yeah. <laughs> So, which is funny because like when I go to McDonald's, mm. which I don't really go as much, but when I'm on the road, right. like it's either really Chick-fil-A or McDonald's mm. um, for drive through Pull and the mic in a little bit closer to yourself. You can just take the it. whole mic like and this? bring it in oh, there. Yeah. A fist Perfect. away. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like the McDonald's milkshakes, like you don't feel it. So yeah. I'm kind of going, okay, this is like synthetic. Yeah. But for me right now in this phase, like I dig it because I don't have to like worry about bathroom breaks. There you go. <laughs> Perfect. So yeah. So, so there you go. That's the double meat to get. I pontificated and I do do that. Um, but yeah, double meat, vanilla milkshake. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to a new episode of Natural Thoughts and Talks. This is Hannah. And I'm Venture. And we have a special guest with us today. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, uh, my name is Scott Fuji. Um, I met Venture and Hannah and their Belgian Malinois, Kino, mm -hmm. uh, when uh, we were, um, my dog and I were just playing around on Rosie's Dog Beach. And then we saw them, you know, manning a um, financial services booth. And, uh, you know, we, we seem to have this eye contact connection of, uh, people that are interested in, uh, dog etiquette and training and such. And we just kind of clicked and Kino boy was just sitting there so patiently <laughs> and, and that's rare. Yeah. <laughs> and my girl, my dog, yeah, a Kaiken, it's a brindle dog from Japan that kind of looks like a Dutch shepherd, but 70% of the size <laughs> was just caught you know, locked in eyes with Kino and she was like, Oh my gosh, like what a beautiful thing. Mm. <laughs> um, and you know, generally, uh, most dogs feel intimidated by a lot of the shepherd type breeds, but, uh, Goma growing up, she was always clicking with, uh, the Sheps and the Shep mixes at daycare and daycare training and whatnot. So immediately there was like a good chemistry mm. and good vibe. Um, and then, yeah, we just calmly walked over. I could totally tell that Kino was there training too and sitting still. So we didn't want to disrupt the Zen <laughs> and yeah, we did like the proper way of, you know, dog on dog greeting and the humans first were interacting. Then we let them, you know, sniff each other and everything checked out and we started talking and yeah, that was that. Yeah, yeah. here we yeah. are. Yeah. And it's really nice because um, she was very, like, happy with Kino. I remember that. They remember yeah. she was off-leash, and she was kind of running around playing with him. And he really isn't interested in many dogs, but he was very interested in her. Well, so. she is, like, one of the few dogs that can kind of keep up with him and that he can keep up with, you know, another dog. Because mm -hmm. most of the time, like it's either like a, a weird dynamic between the dogs or like it might be another male dog and that doesn't really work. Or like my sister has a tiny little wiener dog. That's a weird <laughs> dynamic. Like they can't really play together because it's such a 
huge like size difference but she she was ready to go from the start it was really fun and they're my favorite duo to play because she's so agile mm. and then he's so powerful that like they're just kind of it's like it's like the out. earth and the moon a little bit kind of like everything works out my uh, best friend has a husky that's mm -hmm. similar to Kino's size. And when they go at it, we let them wrestle and stuff, but it's just a cage match. And they're just like, you know, they, you can tell they really like each other and it's totally fine. They're not hurting, but it's like, it's hard. There's usually blood and things like, like they're just boy dogs going at it and having a good time. But with them, like that's my favorite is to watch mm -hmm. them run around and play and do stuff yeah. like that. It's just Goma. Oh, like last time when we were at the beach, there was like one fetch incident where like you can't get in front of the train. The train is going and it's not going to oh, stop no. for anybody and i saw she learned her lesson the hard way she cut in front of kino oh, and just got like rolled into the no. sand and i was like oh come on don't I let don't him do that to you so yeah good dog guy we always love the kind of like dog community because whenever you were asking some pretty high level stuff and you know really quick like oh yeah no this guy's serious about training his dog to the highest standard that you know a person can train a dog and that's the best is once you have a really good dog just like we went on a walk yesterday we're finally getting Kino, similar to with Goma, off-leash, no lead, all the way from here to um, down to the other side of the peninsula. And a couple, you know, slip-ups, but he's very, he's getting very good. And mm. just a trained dog is a good dog, you know? So totally. Tell us where you're from. So I'm originally from Kobe, Japan. Mm. Kobe is an interesting place. Um Kobe Bryant, by the way, was named after Kobe. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. So you can fact check me because, you know, this sounds like a pretty crazy story, yeah. <laughs> but, and, and it's not something that I vetted seriously. But um, word is that his dad um, visited Japan sometime, you know, back in the day mm -hmm. and had Kobe beef and mm. was so impressed by Kobe beef that they named their child oh. kobe that's awesome so the kobe beef comes from kobe japan kobe japan and oh. kobe is you know because uh -huh. that's a really kind of if you think about it it's like you know there's people named colby c-o-l-b-y right. it's not really like an american name mm. per se but it's spelled just like the city um and the city's actually pretty popular not, not popular per se but is known for it not being like a big New York, San Francisco, LA type of city in that um, in 95, there was a really big earthquake. Mm. It was like a magnitude seven. Wow. Um, a lot bigger than the one in Northridge mm. for the SoCal folks, you know, here that are familiar with that one. But uh, anyways, that's where I'm originally from. And what part of Japan? Is this uh, on the coast or in the middle? Where's it at? It's pretty much in the middle. Um, the closest city, the big city is Osaka, which is the second biggest city in the country. And it's also, um, very close to Kyoto, which is, you know, has all the temples and the historical museums, monuments, etc. Um, yeah. So it's a, it's a historically pretty urban, um, area. It, they use, they call it, you know, Kyoto, Osaka, Kobe. It's kind of like the corridor of, uh, New York, like Boston, New York, D.C. kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. So you're from Japan. You're from Sweden. I'm outnumbered by the <laughs> immigrants today. Huh? We got... So I've never uh, really gotten, you know, your story 
venture or uh-huh. but i think i you know you've you've hinted at like native american yeah 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 yep. heritage so, with yeah so yep. what's what's your mix or so my mom is um from fort peck tribes assiniboine uh-huh. and sioux tribes up in you know do you want to let him out we can let him out he's just really excited to see scott this is like way more than usual so if you can get him to just lay down hey, on the hey. uh hey go lay down on the you just tap right there have him lay up on the couch you know Okay. Oh, Kino. Oh, but lay down. Down? Lay down. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. That's a lot of kisses. All right, buddy. You might have to get down here, buddy. Come on, Kino. If, if he stays right there, he's yeah, good. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Cool. Yeah. If not, think, just push him off. Yeah, cool. if not, just kick him off. But um, yeah, my mom is uh, from the Fort Peck Indian Reservation up uh-huh. there 33 miles south of the Canadian border. So on the top right of Montana, basically. And my dad is from Barstow, California. So they came over. My grandpa is from Arkansas, Mississippi area. They obviously came over after the Jim Crow, kind of migrated over there, got established. He was one of the first black um, colonels in the U.S. Army, a high-ranking position in the U.S. Army. And then my mom, you know, met my dad in college. They had me, and they got established here in SoCal. But, yeah, that's my background is half black, half Indian. So that's why I'm so tall, tan, and terrific. That's basically where it comes from. Kino. Hey. Get over here. Apologies to the listener for Kino. He were he didn't get his workout in Lay before, down. so we're gonna see what the deal is. Down. But this is a dog friendly episode, so <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Hey, later. Hey, down. that's what connected us in the first place, yeah. right? So this is yeah. Naturally Lay- there's gonna be some dog themes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then if he can lay down and chill out, I think he'll be all right. Get down, Kino. Good boy. But yeah, and then, you know, Hannah, go ahead and let them know where you're from. Sweden, Gothenburg, Sweden. Um, moved out here in 2017. So it's been what, like six years now. Um, and yeah, I mean, all my all my family is out there, except for my twin sister. She's a mile down the road. That's cool. But my my parents, my grandparents, my two other siblings, they they're all in Sweden. How old were you when you moved over here? I was eight. Mm. But I um, don't have an accent, you know, a lot of, even at eight, especially from like a non, let's say Germanic language or something, it's, um, there's a tendency to, you know, have an accent um, is because when I lived in Japan, I went to a Canadian school. Mm. Oh, cool. And right after I was born, um, we moved to Hong Kong, parents' job related and hong kong then was a british colony so the school that i was at in hong kong was taught in english Um, so apparently up until i was like a toddler i had a british accent oh really (laughs) yeah (laughs) Uh, my tutor and stuff was like you know was an in indian from india Mm. india but she was also like british english speaking etc etc so yeah, it's 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 wild to think about that now because I'm really bad at you know trying to do British accents and stuff. So, <laughs> but you used to have yeah, one. yeah, I used to That's have funny. one, and it That's was hilarious. pretty authentic, right? That's wow. really cool. Yeah. So, are your parents still out there, or they moved over here? How did that work? Yeah, out? no, we moved uh, out here together. Um, a- actually, the Kobe earthquake that I brought up earlier—that was kind of a 
a turning point in our lives. And like we decided to, well, not we, you know, it was them more, my parents thinking of on my behalf and whatnot. But, you know, that was a time frame when we just decided, hey, let's, let's move out to the U.S. Um, so they've been with me, you know, out here. We first moved out to Massachusetts. Then we were out in um, Orange County and they moved to H Hawaii. Mm. Oh. This is right after I graduated high school. Mm. So they moved out to Hawaii. I was out in Philly. And this was, wow, it's shocking to say, but this was 2005. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. That's good. Yeah. Time's going by, though, Time's right? Time's going by, well, yeah. So what did they do for work originally? Are they, like, that they're moving around so much? Yeah. How, how did you grow up? Where they have good jobs, bad jobs? How yeah, so, you know, a lot of people might... Uh, assume, you know, with a lot of moving, is, is it military related? But, you know, when you think of like going from Japan, Kobe to Hong Kong, that's not really where there's U.S. bases. Mm -hmm. So uh, it was just my dad was working for a, 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 a trading company, a logistics company um, that required us to move to Hong Kong. You know, Hong Kong's a really big shipping hub, um, just like Singapore is in Asia. And um, back then there was also a really big boom cycle, you know, Japan, um, economy wise, uh, really peaked in the late eighties and mm. there was a bubble burst and they call it the deflationary cycle. Mm. Um, so basically since 1990 until very recently, it's just been kind of flat down and a tough time for Japan. Mm -hmm. Um, you know? From the 80s up yeah. until, what, like the early 2000s, mid-2000s, or what? Yeah, well, even uh, until maybe uh, five years or, or so ago, and there were some structural changes, and it's kind of, you know, ongoing, and of course, there's like the pandemic hiccup and whatnot, but... And Japan's been killing it with tech, though, right, if I'm not mistaken, or... Yeah, I think they did lose a lot of competitiveness, Um you know, there it's it's been a lot of boom bust cycles where, you know, with the autos, for example, was one where they really revolutionized yeah. <laughs> um, manufacturing processes and whatnot and the ways to go about it that put them ahead. You know, there are certain electronics phases, but uh, I think it, it's a unique country and culture where certain cultural, you know, perspectives hinder their growth. Um, mm. And so, yeah, no, it, it's been complicated in a sense that, you know, hey, it's the uh, economy that had Sony doing Walkmans and Discmans, but due to some type of stubbornness and uh, cultural, you know, Tradition, traditions yeah. and not quick enough to move in, in certain realms that they completely missed out on the iPod. Mm. I feel that. Yeah. Like Kodak camera. Exactly. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like Fujifilm, right? Mm -hmm. That's one. Another one was... Uh, Blockbuster. Blockbuster, right? right. And then Japan specific, you look at, they were doing Betamax that, that went to VHS. Oh. And then they were doing DVD and they were freaking out about, you know, which media to pursue... Um, and then it went Blu-ray and then now no one even needs hard media, right? Right. It's just streaming. So they kind of lost to that. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Let's take a pause real quick. I want to kick him out and put him in the room. Yeah. Because he's, he's breaking my focus. Right yeah. All right, we're back without Kino. It's quieter <laughs> we had to now. Lock him up. Definitely. So, I like that you were given the backstory with Japan, and then I kind of want to know a little bit more about like what do you do with your day to day because you have a flexible career as well. If I'm not mistaken, I just remember you were like, yeah, work on New York time, and I uh, kind of set my own hours a little bit and just kind of get to float around. What do you do? So I'm in equity trading. Um, I have spent um let's say 2010 through 18 uh, was in the institutional side of the business so i was with a smaller midwestern bank and then next with a pretty large bulge bracket bank i was based out in new york cool um so institutional uh, equities what is that it's basically selling your firm's research product, um, in my case, equity, so stocks, stock research, to hedge funds, um, long only, basically institutional money managers that are typically uh, in the client base that we dealt with, it's, you know, like 500 million uh, AUM, all the way up to the, the capitals, fidelities, Wellingtons of the world that manage, you know, like two to eight uh, trillion dollars mm, that's awesome wow. um and uh, particularly myself i was in uh, a more hedge fund sales centric side of our business uh and selling uh part of my career was u.s and then other part utilized my japanese so we were selling a japan product mm. um, and it's not just selling you know research um but also you know, our firms are all involved in deals. So we have deal flow, which is like IPOs. Um, and also we have relationships with corporates. Um, so let's, let's just throw something out there like Walmart. Um, you, your firm has a good banking relationship with Walmart, whether that's commercial banking or investment banking, like doing deals, M&A, financing, activities and so through that relationship you know you take them on road shows uh, to meet the uh, institutional investors um, so we'll pick you know things like west coast or midwest and then you kind of create an itinerary and you have uh, you're basically the conduit to get money managers portfolio managers to meet with corporates c-level um, and we also host conferences so you hear a lot out in the media you know JP Morgan's hosting a TMT conference in New York, you know, Goldman Sachs is hosting a healthcare conference in San Francisco, you know, we had our own uh, that's scheduled throughout the year in different locales. So yeah, that's uh, what I, what, what my career, you know, what line of work I'm in. And I've moved over to a family office. So now I'm not servicing hedge funds, but I'm actually on the side um, where we're making investment decisions. Mm. And so uh, my f schedule is more flexible in terms of uh, market hours is really what dictates uh, my day-to-day. -day. Um, and yeah, so. Cool. So what is your, like, maybe not the whole week, but a typical work day for you? Because, I mean, today is a Monday and you were able to get here at 3 o'clock, which normally that, that's not, you know, if you're working a 9 to 5, that's typically not, you know, something people are able to do. How is... 
How is your day kind of structured? Yeah, so um, the the hours that uh, I need to be, you know, kind of in front of a desk or be focused <laughs> is usually between 5 a.m. and 1.30 p.m. Mm. Um, 6.30 a.m. is when the market's open in New York uh, this, because we're in Pacific time. Right. Um, and 9.30 to 4 p.m. Eastern is when New York Stock Exchange is open. Um, so 6.30 to 1 p.m. is the real kind of crunch time. Um, but of course, just like how people in the biz in, say, New York are taking bathroom breaks or they're having client meetings, internal meetings, lunch, entertaining, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, when I was more junior per se, I think, you know, you're kind of stuck, but there's a bit more flexibility. And now that we're on the side making investment decisions, you know, there's just days when the markets say irrationally selling off. Um, there's really no point in trying to make brash decisions to try to trade around that. Um, it's a lot easier for uh, me now to just kind of throw in the towel for the day or not have to do something in front of my desk to read something. I can do that after the close. Um, but to answer your question, what's the day to day like? Uh, typically, you know, 5 a.m. or so, there's a lot of news flow that comes through what happened in Europe and Asia the night before. Um, a lot of times, Sunday night is when my week begins because Asia starts opening around 3 p.m. here, depending on daylight mm -hmm. savings. Right. Um, and it's kind of like Australia kicks it off. Then it goes Singapore, Hong Kong, Japan opens, and then you're already getting the pulse on what's coming at you. And then right around the time where I go to bed, which is around 10.30 p.m., 11 p.m., um, Europe's already been open for a few hours. So you're already getting pulse. Uh, so fast forward, you wake up at 5, 5.30, depending on how busy it is, um, start digesting news and just preparing for U.S. Open. Um, 6.30, we're going to go Pacific time because that's mm -hmm. where we're at. Yeah. 6.30 <laughs> to you know 7.15, that's probably the busiest, most hectic time first half of the day because the market just opened. There's a lot of volume. There's a lot of news flow coming through. And around that time frame, it's kind of, for me, um, no compromises. I just have to be around. And then around 7.30 or so is when, you know, Goma gets to go on a walk. So yeah. this is when um, something I would not have been able to do, uh, say, 10 years ago, but I would step off. We do a good hour or so. Mm. We do our long walk. We walk the bike path, and then we do some training intermittently, get back. Uh, yep, she chills out, and I can really just spend the rest of my day um, in front of my computer um, until roughly 1, 1 15, 1 30 p.m. Um, but there's a lot of reading to do throughout the day after the market closes. Uh, yeah, and so that's my work yeah. schedule, and that's why I have a lot of flexibility in right. terms of, yeah, that's hours. Awesome. That's awesome. I like this a lot. This interview just got very different now for me because, obviously, like I'm in finance too, and my goal is to become one of the premier investment advisors, you know, in California. And I 
really was just talking to Hannah yesterday because like you're saying, when you're more junior, it's a lot of you're building a business out, right? The upside is down the road, it's 10 years from now, right? Like that's when it's going to happen. I was like, I'm kind of scared and I don't know why. Like there's, there's a certain level of fear that you can't alleviate. Like I can't, you know, I'm a very disciplined, tough young man, right? But at the end of the day, there's just stuff that you probably went through that I'm going through right now that's like, we were even talking to Aria about it, of like, what do you do? Almost like you can't really do it as a young guy. It's just something that you kind of have to weather maybe. Is it a storm that you just have to continue to go through and eventually it gets better? Or, and most people quit, most people call it, hey, I can't do this. I can't, I'm tired of running client meetings. I'm tired of uh, getting 10 no's and then maybe one yes, right? It's one of those things of like, what do you think back on obviously building a successful career and staying in the business for so long that you would have what are you most proud about? And then what are some things where you're like, I think I could have did this a little bit better. Yeah. Um, those are totally, you know, valid questions. And I think a lot of people, regardless of the career field has that, you know, line of thinking, reasoning, like I had that of course. And so I can totally relate. Um, and some of these, the responses to you, I'm just preempting this, is, is going to sound cliche per se, but I would say, you know, in the earlier years of your career, a lot, some people say may, maybe this is fresh to people who listen, who are listening to this uh, because they haven't heard it. But well, they just got to hear it 10 yeah, times, sometimes is, on the 11th time, right? It's like when you have a coach, everything I do is sports related. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Everything that animal that I do with, I learned on a field, on a park with a ball in a weight room or something mm-hmm. at the best thing was when your coach would tell you something 10 times and then on the 11th time you're like oh I did it and all of a sudden this javelin went 50 meters right and you're like why didn't you turn to your coach and like why didn't you tell me that the first time right and you're like I did I just had to figure out the way right so the point of this show is to get maybe the same message maybe there's seven pillars of life or whatever it is right like main things the way you say it is the way that resonates with that person listening, the way that Hannah and I couldn't say it, right? So it's like, let me hear it. Yeah, so I mean, it's um, be a sponge is, I I think, in the first few years of your career, at at least, definitely, in terms of absorb that everyone else around you um, in, let's say, you know, in my case was more of an office, traditional office setting, um, trading floor, but, uh, you know, regardless of if they're correct or incorrect or what you feel about them, they do um, have more knowledge than you and they have more experience than you. They've weathered, you know, whether it's market cycles, certain business cycles, um, et cetera, et cetera. And so, you know, you're just green <laughs> and anything that they're saying is there's something to take away from it. And so I think that was um, a little tough, right? Because you're young, you're um, kind of confident, but you're not. And sometimes you're feeling, man, what is this, you know, a-hole, this douchebag saying he doesn't understand whatever, but, you know, they kind of do. And so, yeah, I mean, that was was like something that I was told, you know, before uh, I was full-time. It was like during summer summer internship type things and like I was kind of that didn't really resonate but now looking back in hindsight those are really good 
words that I think, you know, people should just hear and really always remind themselves if there's ever a moment when they're having some struggles with ego and whatnot, is just go, you know, hey, like, you're just like a newborn. Yeah. Yeah. Be a sponge. Be a sponge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I think with anything new that you're doing, someone else has done it. Most of the time, someone else has done it before. And I think being also open to just like sucking all that information out of that person and being open to learning and just being understand that you don't know everything and that's okay because you will figure things out. You might not ever know every single thing, but just being open to, to learning, whether it's a sport or something technical or in a career, like just being open to that, I think is extremely important. And I think just personally, I think I'm trying to just understand with like this or like with my YouTube and like, there are things where I'm like, oh, I don't get it, or I wish I was over here with it. But then you also have to understand that you got to start somewhere, and you're not gonna have it all figured out right from the start. Um, and then just asking questions, I think, is an important thing too. Of like, if there's something that you don't understand because you're new to it, you're not supposed to fully understand it yet. Ask those questions. Definitely. How'd you get into the business? Sure. So mine was a little strange, not non-traditional oh. in that, um, uh, I was not looking into going into financial services. Um, I went to a school, uh, I, I guess we can name names. Yeah. Right? I went yeah. to the university of Pennsylvania. Okay. Um, it is a target school for a lot of financial services and, uh, consultant business consulting companies it's ivy league right yeah um but it's, it's where uh, kayla played basketball and then now we have a friend she plays at usc now gotcha. women's basketball but that's where she and then at. given your track and field background you're probably uh very aware of uh pen relays yeah 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 that's Definitely. that's us yeah yep um but uh you know i was kind of uh a strange one in that i was uh interested in the music industry Oh, really? And interestingly, you know, the world has changed and now there's, you know, tech is more of the aspiring career, you know, the Google metas of the world. But I was probably at the cusp and the very tail end of, you know, in terms of schools like mine, you know, the the student populace was mainly interested in getting into Goldman Sachs. Okay. Mm. And I graduated in 2009 and something uh, unprecedented started happening. You know, our uh, on-campus recruiting is a big draw for why people go to schools like Penn. Okay. And that was the first year in many cases where companies like I recall Citigroup, um, Goldman, they started backing out of on-campus recruiting because of the recession. Uh Uh-huh. And there are also crazy things happening where a lot of my friends um, had summer internships the prior summer with Lehman Brothers or Bear Stearns. And their offers that were already sealed and they were all relieved were starting to get rescinded left and right. Mm. And so, you know, uh, I, I guess I wasn't. This this is kind of in, uh, not applicable in, in terms of I wasn't looking per se to begin with, but because my school was so focused on that kind of recruiting, um, and I wasn't really involved in that, um, but it was also a recession that really changed 
uh, my options. And so I first moved to a tobacco company. So that was my first job. I did all my summer internships were with Universal and Sony Music. Oh, wow. And I was just like, man, like, I don't want to go into this right now. Um, and it's uncertain. It's or, or historically already pretty low paying to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, hey, you know, I'm, I speak Japanese. Asia Pac recruiting uh, in that time frame was not hurt as much as what the U.S. was going through because uh, there, there really wasn't a subprime issue uh, in 2010. If, you know, some people listening to this may recall, it was China demand, which largely um, helped the global economy get out of recession. Okay. Everything oh. was slowing down. The U.S. was slowing down. There was... Um, a financial kind of crisis come brewing in Europe, especially it was, I think, back then led by Spain, Italy, you know, Greece were having some real issues, but the Chinese, you know, manufacturing wheel was just spinning and they were easing and they were still building cities and doing all sorts of crazy things. And so uh, that kept demand alive. Um, but anywho, I moved to a tobacco company called British American Tobacco, mm-hmm. and I was based in Tokyo. And uh, yeah, no, it was interesting because it was a, a job that uh, didn't require, they, they basically wanted to teach a lot um, on the job because it was a management training program. Um, and I thought given my background and given my, my major and study, which was communication and marketing, that... I was going to go into the marketing rotation, but uh, their team wanted me to go into finance because I think through the assessment process where there's a lot of uh, case studies and whatnot that we were doing, that they were um, basically saying that I was checking off a lot of the logical reasoning and critical thinking side more. And so they wanted to you know, see if I could adapt myself to the finance track and yeah that's how i started my career so it was uh that's really cool yeah non-target um completely different Mm -hmm. changed the region changed the industry and i just want um back then i went you know you know kind of the be a sponge thing i i figured oh it's my first job anyways might as well do something different because everything's gonna be learning um, and so why not go into a field that has almost nothing to do with what I studied mm-hmm. because I'm still going to be learning anyways. Right. Yeah. That's interesting. I, I'm a marketing major right now. Um, and, and I think <coughs> I am, it's, it's still, I mean, I'm, I'm not graduating yet, but I'm graduating in May and it's like, I'm still over here. Like, what am I going to do? Like what? And I'm, I mean, I have an idea of what I want to do, but it's also like, I can't control everything. And then when I get to that point, I might not feel that fashion or beauty is the way to go for me. But it's interesting that you said that you were marketing. And I think I'm probably going to end up on the marketing aspect of a lot of things. Um, I have a little bit more of a, like a, the creative mind than the logistic and the numbers and things like that. Um, but I mean, marketing, I think is, it's, I really like marketing just because it's everywhere. It's uh, no matter what firm you go into and then you can branch off from marketing into other aspects of it. Yeah, definitely. 
I think it's cool because you didn't like really mention any mentors that maybe you had. Like, did you have a guy? It, you just seem like you kind of fell into it, and that's pretty cool. You talk about being a sponge. I think that is one of my personal best qualities is I've never been embarrassed to ask for help ever. And I think that maybe comes from like my dad. I had such a good dad that he was always preparing. And I've always just kind of been like, oh, yeah, no, you want to do something. You find somebody who's the best at it, pick their brain a little bit and then kind of start your own little thing. And Brayden, obviously, is one of my Brayden Dragoo is one of the top um, financial advisors in the country. And when I was I met him in high school, he ended up being my uncle's best friend at the time. My uncle went down a different path and he clearly rose from nothing just out of like some shit town in Washington to one of the top guys in the country for New York life. And basically it was one of those things where I was just like kind of shadowing him and figuring out we never talked about finance. We never talked about numbers or anything. He was just always helping businesses. And that was my favorite thing is I love just the like opportunities to meet new people and new avenues on like how you build your strawberry company or your jet ski company or your uh, base jumping company you know and just like being able to have that many hands and that many pots and know those people it just seemed vital to the business person that I wanted to develop as so I guess I was seeking it like ever since I was a little guy just because I had that type of mentorship around and all the guys that he introduced me to were all in a similar field. So I was like, yeah, this is just a good way to go. And the cool part that I like is that you're not boring. Like a lot of the guys in the industry that I'm in, you meet 10 good guys, eight of them are pretty, pretty salty and square, right? Like they're not very, you kind of know what's going on. You get it. We, you know, you drive this, you do this, you, we get it. We know what you're wearing, but you're so different. You like to explore and get out there and, you know, just like, have weird dogs and you know like travel places and it's really cool like are you intentional with that sort of kind of work-life balance or just like making time for yourself and not letting your career engulf your identity right yeah no uh a, a lot of points there um to to answer the the most you know direct question that you had there in terms of work life and being a little different and whatnot um I think when I was in my early mid twenties and so much of my life was in an office in a very set schedule and, you know, in a career where you, you really had to even time going to the bathroom type of thing. Um, now that there's more flexibility, I definitely want to be out and about. And even within the U S um, especially for, the coastal listeners, <laughs> uh, you know, there's so much more to the country than the big cities and the big kind of urban melting pots. And we just don't appreciate enough of it. And uh, actually, I guess in, in terms of my exploring these days, you know, when I was based out in New York um, in doing sales, uh, some of my territories were in the Midwest. Okay. And so back then, um, every week I was in Chicago mm. and I mean, Chicago is also not rural per, per se by any means, but, um, I also covered some accounts in, uh, Wisconsin and, uh, I really started to, uh, dig the Midwest and it really opened my eyes. It was, it was just e easier. It was, a you know, just a better, calmer, um, 
change of pace mm. and something that I uh, appreciated so much more when I was full-time based in New York City because it is really like a sensory overload and you really start to notice that A, it's not healthy and B, it was bringing out um, the worst kind of characteristics from within me mm. that I never really thought existed mm. um, and probably... Uh, you know, you guys only know me from out here and I'm in my different phase and I'm more relaxed and calmer. But uh, I would probably say that a lot of the people that I know these days now probably wouldn't have wanted to deal with me uh, when I was, you know, in New York. Mm. And I think that's the same with a lot of people. Um, it's just if, if, you, if you even see movies like The Big Short, the character that like Steve Carell played was a total pain in the ass. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. you just don't want to be in his path. And there's a lot of that in New York and it doesn't have to be just in finance. It could be in fashion, marketing, lawyers, you know, there's everyone's just kind of on edge. Yeah. Um, and it was just very uh, unhealthy. That's an interesting thing. Cause here, um, <clears throat> I don't, I mean, I'd, I've never lived in New York, but just, being in New York, I already sense that, like, mm -hmm. just, it's, it's a lot going on. There's people everywhere. People feel rushed and it's like just that extremely fast paced environment. Um, have it somewhat, I would say here in LA as well, but if you compare it here to let's say Sweden where I grew up, that difference is crazy. Like in Sweden, just that work life balance is so vital and, and people really, I mean, even your job is, they're very, they care for that. Here, it's so different where a lot of your time and a lot of your life is focused on work. Um, and I, and I kind of struggle with finding that balance within myself too. And I'm just in school. I don't even work yet, you know, properly. I'm just in school, but I, um, I struggle finding the balance of, okay, well, I, I still want to be very motivated and, and ambitious and work hard, but I, I can't let my job or whatever task I'm working on, I can't let that take over my whole life and, and my time. Um, so trying to find that balance, what have you kind of, uh, I mean, obviously you moved from New York to, to here and stuff like that, but how did you try to find that balance? And, and was it leaving New York? Was that kind of the answer to, trying to find more of a balanced life or what were some of your methods of doing that? Yeah. So another, another thing is, you know, venture your former student athlete. Um, Hannah, are you a st former student athlete or um, like, in high school? I ran track. Okay. Um, but yeah, but that, that was it. Yeah. Got it. Cause I always got a sense that I'm like, okay, they're both very athletic. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So there I ran go. track for like 10 years. There you go. Her, her downside is just coaching. She was, she was very gifted at pole vault. The The sky was the limit. League champion, you know, and mm -hmm. your stuff. But she went to a school that just didn't even have, like, a pole mat. Like, they're expensive. It's, like, 15 grand to have a mat with pole. Oh, that's the, without poles, too. Just the mat is 50. You know what I mean? It's expensive yeah. for a school to get that. But the amount of time that you progressed with the shit coaching that you had and, like, no resources. It could have gone pretty far. Yeah, definitely. But, but then I switched schools and it became a whole thing. And yeah. that's kind of where it ended. But we yeah. met... Um, through sports. Yeah. So oh, interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was uh, running the decathlon, and, uh -huh. you know, broken all 10 events and then met her doing pole vault. So 
Gotcha. That's how we got together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was my speculation, by the way, heading into today. Yeah. I, I wanted to, you know, ask the where did you guys meet? Yeah. And I was thinking in the back of my head, you know, based on your you guys' athleticism, like looks wise, I was mm-hmm. like, Did you guys meet through sports? But there you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Oval, yeah. yeah. Track and mm-hmm. field. I mean, I was just very intentional. I knew that like the young lady that I wanted to partner with in life wasn't gonna be in a bar, wasn't gonna be um Maybe on the beach, but like I love, I'm a beach guy too. But I knew that it was going to be through hard work, and I was like, saw Hannah, was like she had all the foundations for everything. And then the cool part was that she was from a place that I didn't even know where Sweden was on the map. You know, I was just so Americanized before getting with her. It was America or nothing, right? Like, there's no, you know, our shit doesn't stink. Team USA all day, every day. And then <laughs> being with her, just going, oh no, I love the globe. Like, I want to go everywhere, travel everywhere. So it's just super cool that you know, we're still rocking. Like, mm-hmm. it's not like, <laughs> it's work, yeah. it's hard work, but you know, yeah. that's what we do. And yeah. Right. That's cool. Have you been married before or have you? Uh, I have anything? not. Um, okay. And I don't have any, you know, prior baggage or anything <laughs> of that sort. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, going, I'm not, not deflecting yeah, that, that point or anything, yeah. but just like Hannah, you mentioned, you know, this, uh, well, not just you mentioned, you guys have this sports related connection. And then you asked, um, what has been my outlet, right, for, like, balance. And similar to you, um, didn't have collegiate uh, sports. Um, Quite frankly, in my case, I just wasn't good enough to play college Mm -hmm. tennis. But it was part of growing up. And so I think a lot of times with anyone who was a pretty serious, you know, whether it's the high school level or college level athletes, um the outlet is kind of easy in that it's exercise. Mm. And I think that's just so important because especially when you look around in America, you know, everyone's so fat. Everyone's everyone's out of shape. And, you know, literally soft. Yeah. Literally, if you touch them soft. And the stereotype (laughs) of like, you know, you get off work and you go home and you watch TV. It's like, it's not really a stereotype when, if it's true. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, um, if people don't, aren't in an active lifestyle or a background of just rigorous training, you don't really realize that if you're tired, unless you work out, you're going to be more tired. Right. Um, and so, you know, even when I was in a much more hectic phase in my career per se, uh, I never skimped on working out. Mm. And so that's definitely something that um, just like kept you going because yeah. I had a lot more flying back then, changing time zones. But like you come back on a red eye flight, but that day, you know, I land from San Francisco and I'm in um, New York and then go straight to the office from a red eye flight. I get off at 4.30 p.m., always go to a group fitness or something, mm. right? And then kind of beats you down but then right after you get out of that hit the steam room or something and you're just showering and you're cleaning your mind and Mm -hmm. eat healthy i guess that's also part two Mm -hmm. um what you you know eat is what you are really and so once you're nourished and then you're tired but you did the workout you have the sense of accomplishment you're recharging you're eating clean and then you're going you're refreshed so all the 
you know, the banter, the nonsense um, that you're dealing with during the day at work, someone's yelling, someone's angry, you know, all these things that's going on, it just really kind of wipes you clean. Um, and then in terms of, you know, certain careers, I think are better suit just is a good match for someone who's like an athlete to be in um, a trading floor setting where there's always just people pissing you off or like saying things <laughs> that's annoying or uh, there are just certain guys that are just annoying right. in general. And it doesn't uh, let you bother uh, yourself as much, you know, if, if, if you were a student athlete, because, you know, a lot of times there's bullying naturally, there's, you know, heckling and there's all sorts of stuff like that um, on the field or in the pool or where have you, whatever your sport is. Right. And, um, you, you just have thick skin. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I like that before we get into diet and then doggy diets as well, because he's got some stuff that I want him to throw out there. And because we were talking at Huntington beach and I let him know, I was like, Hey, I don't, I break Keno down. It's Hannah's job <laughs> to patch him back up because you just you have to do it as a team with a Mal. It's if I handled Keno's everything, that's all I would do. We would not be podcasting. We'd be working on Keno. It's like he needs a team, right? He's like a race car. But uh, fitness, rigorous—that's the word. I what what is your opinion on kind of the thing that we have, the energy in the household that you're slowly adopting and becoming a part of because. It might be more than rigorous. There's kind of this thing to where you and I have been working out. I've been off and on training Hannah to, you know, sort of get a certain discipline over the past two to three years, right, off and on. And this morning I went on a workout solo and um, it's more than rigorous. I'm fucking crazy. Like, and I kind of realized that because I work out with you and I'm a nice guy, right? But when my feet hit the pavement out there, it was a guy that I hadn't seen in about a month or so because we've been working out for a month. And I go, oh, hey, old friend. Like, <laughs> how you doing, man? And it becomes a different thing to where, I don't know if you can relate to it, but you're there's so much going on with my body as far as a young early 20s just testosterone fit just pissing fire like we're talking you just have that and then you have a venture just in like a silverback gorilla chimpanzee just going to work and it was like i hadn't seen that guy for a month what do we do with that guy do you see what i'm saying because i i like him when we're working out that guy just hauls ass he wants to run to catalina and just swim there and just like go conquer shit and do it but I've toned a lot of that down being with you, being to like, I don't want to break your body apart, obviously. Like we do certain workouts that we can both handle. We don't just need to go run a half marathon for no reason. You know what I mean? But like there's something that clicks that I feel it and I go like, oh, this isn't rigorous. This is like I need to hop in a cage right now, you know, to like keep well, it going. You and Keno can go hang out and it, do that. And he's been my biggest fits. outlet for sure. Yeah. Like if we don't do sleeve stuff, it's it's mandatory. It has to happen. But it's almost like you're saying you need to train right to just stay regular. If I don't train, like I'm getting aggressive in road rage and like I'm running over some old lady in the street or something. Like it has to happen like clockwork or else bad things could happen, right? It's at a higher risk. Because when I come back after my workout, right, we're just having fun. It's all good. Let's make some pancakes or something. Like, it's all good. But what do you think as far as, like, how much are you going to step into that world? But I don't need you being crazy. He's crazy. I'm crazy. It's totally okay. Like, this house will 
catch on fire if that's something you step into, but how far are you trying to I go? I think, I think cause with you, I think you'll just go and go and go and you'll, you don't know when to stop. I, I can go, but I'll have an understanding of when I need to stop. Like I'm starting to slowly develop shin splints again. Now I know we got to tone it down a little bit. You would just keep going. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where you and I are very different of, I know when to slow down, you will just go. Yeah, definitely. Where are you at? Yeah. Um, I'm 37 right now. <laughs> and that's that's kind of strange saying right now. <laughs> but um, naturally, you know, like, for example, the, the New York phase, um, there was just so much rage and the kind of workout I, I guess a lot of thing, a lot of these is related to a lot of times correlated or related to the type of sport that you were in. I, I guess it is tougher for guys that were doing, let's say, American football because like there's really nothing that you can do as an adult that's like gathering up mm. 18 people and playing football. Yeah. Um, but like tennis, for example, is just so sprints, short burst related that a lot of my, uh, workouts uh from my mid-20s since i'm not on the court all the time i've just really picked up hit training Mm. um so it it is quite aerobic in a sense that like you're going through around uh, i'd say like 900 kilocals an hour is like the type of workout that i liked Mm -hmm. a lot of kickboxing move type stuff and sometimes I drag my coworkers into it after work and they were just going, you're crazy. Like, <laughs> what the hell's wrong with you? Like, why are you so angry? Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm not doing like four, five hits a week. Now it's two. Yeah. Um, but in 2010, I picked up yoga. Ooh. A friend from high school um, that we also went to college together he was he moved to New York a lot earlier, but he was visiting uh, L.A. Before I moved to New York, I was doing market stuff out in L.A. Um, and we went to uh, a, a yoga class at Equinox, mm-hmm. and it was also a sub that day. So we really didn't know what to expect, but <laughs> we went in there. And interestingly, though, I still know the yoga instructor from this day, uh, from that day in 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, he has progressed his career, opened a studio call, called Shiva Yoga. It's cool. West Hollywood at the mm-hmm. corner of Fairfax and Santa Monica. And I still now go there now. Oh. So I've known him for 13 years. Um, but that kind of chance day, going to going on a whim, we were just hanging out um, in Pacific Palisades on the beach because he was visiting from New York. It was like October. He wanted to get some sun. It was like 85 degrees. Mm-hmm. And then I was opening up the app and I'm going, do you want to take like a like class? And, you know, there was yoga and it was a, a level three, you know, it was like an all handstand class. And we were just kind of like, <laughs> whoa, That's like what, extreme, right? yeah, yeah. what the hell's going on? And the sub that day, Gar- Garth is the teacher. He's like, I don't know how Dice usually teaches this class, but since we're subbing and I heard this is like handstand heavy, we're going to get right into it. And it was like <laughs> inversion from the five minute mark for an hour and 30 minutes. Oh, and wow. I was like, holy shit. Like I thought I'd been doing a lot of hit. Um, I'm getting some personal training here and there and 
this is completely different. Like yeah. this just showed how vulnerable I am. I'm not a gymnast, right? Background wise. And like, this is tougher than anything, mm. you know? Um, and that got me into his yoga. Um, that really changed. So to answer your question of like, where are you at now? Like getting that rude awakening via a strengthier yoga has changed um, my mindset and as my body is now changing, I'm not 18, I'm not 22, I'm not 25. This, his style of yoga, which is like a strength vinyasa, but a lot of deep stuff too. And it's not, you know, the, the yoga of today where there's a lot of hip hop blaring and it's, mm. it's really spastic. It is actually a heavy breath work, deep, based on rooted in the principles. There's a lot of yoga talk. Um, before practice, uh, his, you know, I go to the weekend ones. It's a two hour class. Um, it's a two hour class. It's two hours. Yeah. yeah. Oh boy. Okay. Yeah. So it's nine to 11. It's, um, his signature power yoga. Um, I mean, if anyone listening is like an LA based person, I highly suggest you check it out. Shiva Mm. yoga, like the first class is definitely free. Um, but I would, if, if you really want to get into yoga, like, you know, He's the real deal. He, um, I mean, yeah, I, I, we can do another fitness centric yeah. podcast yeah. and we can really get into this. Yeah. But yeah, that's yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah. You down to try some yoga? A hundred percent. I'm with it. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's throw that on the list. Yeah. But as we talk about like, uh, diets and doggy diets, things like that, what are some things that you've kind of found have been working best for your unit with Goma and yourself? So, um, I, I became very serious looking into the clean diet because, uh, bringing in a character that I just mentioned, my best friend growing up, he's now married, he's got a child, um, baby girl named Zuzu and, uh, they have a Pomeranian named Albert. Mm. He is 10 years now, <laughs> um, he's a pretty big palm. He's like 13 pounds. He looks, if anyone listening is familiar with a, a, a fluffy breed called the Kieschund. It's a breed from Germany. Um, it's a Spitz breed. So Spitz dogs are like Akita, Siberian Huskies, mm-hmm. you know, pointy or curly tail. Um, the, one of the big ones uh, from Europe is called the Eurasia. And then the one size smaller is a Kieschund. And everything smaller is a Spitz. Yeah. German Spitz. And then Pomeranians were basically bred down from these really big, wolfy or fluffy dogs. Mm -hmm. And that's why a lot of people say they have like a big dog complex and a tiny body. is because they they used to be pretty big, fluffy, wolfy dogs. That makes sense. Yeah. So Albert is a unique Pomeranian called a throwback Pomeranian. So sometimes the recessive genes of their bigger days shows up. Mm. So he was uh, not picked up um, until they came along because a lot of the people looking for like traditional palms wanted a small palm. And when he was like, eight weeks old. He was like the size of his mom. <laughs> 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 uh, but anyways, so, uh, I've babysat Albert, uh, quite a while after I left New York, I had more flexibility in my schedule. And like n- my friend Nick and his wife, Emily were really busy and 
you know, had to travel a lot. So like some years I had Albert like nine months of the year. Oh, wow. Yeah. But as a smaller dog, one thing that really started to show in him was um, teeth health. Mm. And similar to like humans, because I mean, we typically brush our teeth twice a day. Mm -hmm. And that's why we keep bacteria level and whatnot to a minimum. But a lot of uh, people that are um, in the medical profession that are into the endodontics and periodontal disease, more from oral, not just checkup, but oral surgery and whatnot, will say that the vast majority of even human health issues stem from bad oral hygiene. Mm. Mm. And it is very true with dogs. And when you think about dogs, you know, they're not brushing their teeth twice a day right um and and that you know albert's smaller dog just has more fragile smaller teeth that will decay and once they start decaying you know it's just tougher to clean and then it's just the vicious cycle um and in terms of the doggy diet that plays a huge role because dog foods kibble in particular that have when you look at the ingredients just like human food they have they list the ingredients you know a lot of the big box brands the biggest warning sign is the first ingredient usually says something like chicken meal salmon meal mm. or in worst cases before even getting into you know a fall protein like salmon meal it would have grains listed mm. in the beginning and those are big warning signs because it's almost like a plaque building factory. Mm. And similar to humans, if you ask your dentist, you know, from a, um, from the looks perspective, you know, you want to avoid, right, coffees and teas because of staining. But in terms of plaque building, it's ramen, it's pasta, oh. you know, that's really that. your big. Your favorite song. Love pasta. Yeah. <laughs> so like if you eat pasta, floss after. Oh. But it's the same with dogs. If they are, their diet consists of a lot of synthetics, meals, uh, grains. If you look back at their ancestry, you know, wolves don't eat grains. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they'll eat, you know, vegetables to supplement or based on season. They can't hunt, whatever. They're eating berries and whatnot. But like grains was just historically not in like their past right. of diet. Um, and so when they eat that in kibble form, you know, so much is getting stuck in their gums mm. and their teeth. Um, and, you know, Albert had this issue. And then about two years ago, it got to the point where we couldn't do non-anesthetic or anesthetic cleaning. And it went to extraction. Um, and most dogs, you know, past, say, two years or so, um, even if their teeth look very clean, um, because they're a medium-sized dog or a large-sized dog, and, you know, their teeth are bigger. So visually, it doesn't look like there's a lot of plaque buildup. When you notice that they, you go, oh, your breath kind of stinks, that's already a sign of periodontal disease. Mm. Dog breath is never supposed to stink. It's supposed to be neutral. Mm -hmm. So if you get even a waft of like, oh, this doesn't smell like nothing, um, you, you really just got to brush your teeth. And 
Yeah. I think Kino's breath smells like nothing. It's just hot. <laughs> yeah. And, and the thing with him is like after he eats, his food is, has salmon in it, fish and stuff like that. So right after he eats, it'll smell like shit because it's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like not even a human smells good after they eat fish. Um, but usually like, you know, if you just put your face That's in That's the funny part. Mouth, it's just like a blow dryer really, though. Like it's, it's just, just hot. hot. You're like, oh, <laughs> get away from me. Yeah. But it's not bad. It's, right. it's just hot. So like, yeah, anyone listening to this, dog lovers, like, you know, there's a lot of daily maintenance that you want to do with your dog or you put off or, you know, your, your dog doesn't like getting brushed. Your dog doesn't like getting nails clipped. You know, those are good to know things or good to uh, do things, but more so than anything, you know, every dog should have their teeth brushed every single day. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things where, you know, um, the vets are kind of the culprit here because a lot of your, you know, pups in general, especially if they're pure breed, um, they don't have bad genetic dispositions or anything. And um, I'm going to have the unpopular opinion here. I'm including (laughs) doodles. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, if you have a normal uh, dog purebred, doesn't have weird teeth alignment, like underbite, overbite that people mm-hmm. say are cute in like, you know, <laughs> a lot of mixed breed dogs. Like there's nothing cute about that because mm. that's going to, that's breeding very bad oral health. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, that's uh, why do I bring that up is because a lot of the, the maintenance things that you're doing, like the DHPP, like the rabies vaccines and all that stuff is so low margin for vets. Vets love to put your dogs under anesthesia and start cleaning their teeth mm-hmm. or extracting. Right. Extracting like a few teeth is like a thousand dollars. That's like really juicy for them, right? Mm. And it's one of those things where since there isn't much knowledge out there, um, it's easy for them to say, oh, you know, we can't clean this. Let's pull them. Let's pull them. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times vets will use lack of data and whatnot to uh, shy away from recommending, you know, raw feeding um, or high protein diets Mm -hmm. because they know that if they keep eating that Purina or something like the Iams or what, you know, whatever these historical kibble, it really helps accelerate the deceleration of oral health. Mm. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's a there's a bit of high conflict of interest. Um, yeah. So if you're if you're feeding your dog, uh, let's say just regular Purina kibble, can you do that if you do take proper care of the teeth with brushing, or is it like you should still try to go with other types of diets? So a lot of um, this isn't just coming from me. Like a lot of dog trainers. Um, there's a lot of Instagram characters that I like to follow. They're very insightful. I think we have many in common. Um, but many consensus, you know, high-level trainers will say, uh, try to buy the highest quality dog food that you can afford. Because, mm. of course, like not – like, for example, we don't do raw feeding and I'm not having chicken feed and, you know, some people do that with quail eggs and like making meals. Um, like good for you. If you have time to do that, I just quite frankly don't have time, but this is partially me being lazy. Uh, but on the flip side, when you're curating that 
dog meal from almost like all human ingredients. One thing uh, that vets that are much more flexible in their mindset will say is that if whether it's kibble or higher quality, you know, freeze dried or more jerky like dog food that is zero grain, they're at least designed with all the minerals and whatnot for dog consumption, where if you build from scratch, you really have to be um, aware of, are, are you making sure that they're getting all the vitamins and minerals because right. you don't want to do like some type of uh, diet deficiency. Mm. Um, but anyways, that that's also another whole thing mm -hmm. that we can get <laughs> into. So, uh, but that's that. But to your, to your point, um, yeah, if you're going more the kibble route and especially actually worse than kibble is the dry freeze mm -hmm. or freeze dried because although they may be grain free a lot of times you have to introduce uh water to kind of hydrate it so it's kind of mushy consistency right, right? and that's very easy to get stuck in the gums mm. yeah yeah so if you've got stuff like that um more so than not you know you want to worry about oral health and of course it is going to be a lot easier for you know the sub 10 pound dog to get more plaque stuck than you know 50 pound plus right yeah yeah i like that so that's one of those things that a lot of people don't really even kind of take into account they just see oh dog food from i don't know walmart or whatever like with the golden retriever on art get that one and let's throw it in there like you don't really kind of go deeper into it so. yeah well i mean it's just like with human food and i don't i don't go too deep into it like what I eat and all the ingredients and this and that, but I still do kind of pay attention to what am I eating? Just like with your dog, you you shouldn't just feed them anything off the street. Like you have, kind of have to be a little bit more caring when, when it comes to that. Yeah. Do you give Goma any supplements or any, anything like that? Yeah. So we started, um, probiotic mm -hmm. supplements and mainly because, you know, uh, this does happen with a higher protein diet is sometimes you're not getting um, a consistent firm stool is right. something that I noticed. Um, and the probiotics just really help with that um, to, to give good consistency. Um, but one thing that's also a big difference is, you know, in terms of the quality of the dog food, if you have, if you give kibble that's high in grains and uh, meals, so synthetic protein, um, you'll notice that their poops are really big. <laughs> and a lot, and you know, Albert, small palm, mm -hmm. used to have pretty big poops yeah. for his size. <laughs> and, you know, as we realized, you know, we got to do something about his teeth uh, and whatnot, and we uh, shifted to a a much higher grade uh, kibble. Um, well, I guess it's really not kibble. It looks more like jerky. Um, we really like this brand called Ziwi, mm. Ziwi Peak. It's from oh, yeah. New Zealand. Yeah, I'm familiar um, with Ziwi. And the, some of the main differences would be if you look at a brand like Ziwi and you compare it to a traditional kibble and you look at the ingredients list, Ziwi probably has something like 20 ingredients. And the first five to 10 are just straight up protein, mm. chicken, liver, chicken, you know, depending on what right. protein you get, there's no grain and there's basically nothing that you see in it that you go, 
what the hell is this? Mm-hmm. You look at the kibble, there's like 50 things yeah. and everything is like chemical. It's just kind of like um, cereal in the US. A lot of it is banned in Europe mm. because it's just like straight up drugs. Right. Um, it, it's mm. even like Diet Coke. Yeah. You know, there's this whole thing. Now we're talking human health, but Diet Coke composition wise uh, has a lot more in common uh, to paint thinner. <laughs> wow, really? Yeah. So Diet Coke is worse for your health than regular Coke mm. because the whatever they're chemically doing to suck the calorie out yeah. is basically the same thing as paint thinning. Wow. Have it's you gonna... seen that little Coke test that they do online where it'll be like a rusty, let's go as a rusty boat or something? And like this spot is oh, rust, and, it like burns and it'll pour it the off. diet coke, and like the rush just goes away. But like if he uses the red coke, it'll like not work as well. But that diet coke eats WD forty, just like clears crazy. it out. Yeah, that's Chemicals. crazy. Mm-mm. But yeah, like got to take care of your dog. You know, yeah. you love your dog. You want to look at it for the long term. Last thing I had dog before I kind of start to land the ship here. I know yeah. we kind of went over our time <laughs> a little bit, but I hope you don't have anywhere important to be because we went over a little bit. But. Um, the Instagram pages, like Goma's Instagram page, it's funny because yesterday, one of Kino's reels kind of just like my phone just started like ba-bing, 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 ba-bing. Like I had to turn it like right there. I had to turn the notifications because it got like 70, you know, probably close to 80,000 kind of hits on his page. But it wasn't like a new post. It was something from like three or four months ago. And I know you post a lot of stories on, is it, what's her name? Goma the Kaiken is yep. that? Yep. Shout out to her page. Go yeah. follow that and look <laughs> at it. But you guys have so much cool stuff on your stories. Is it intentional that you always put it on the story and not like the reel or the feed? Because you can't see old stuff like with the stories, whereas with the, you know what I mean? Because you guys have cool stuff. And that's where I get a lot of my training with Kino. I don't, it's, I'm pretty self-taught with everything we do. I need the, oh, I just saw that melon while go up the wall. Or, oh, I didn't know that he could do this. But if it was on a story, you know, people wouldn't have access. Like when I post Kino stuff, you're able to go back and see it. Is it intentional that you're doing it that way? Or what is the mindset? Yeah, no, it really stems from uh, laziness and a lack of time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and when she was, you know, younger, we were just so much busy. I just couldn't really focus on putting in... Um, the post mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and of course that's around the time when the reels came up too and like you know meta always changes the algorithm right. and now it's all about reels as getting the hits um so I, my, my intention was to never really get into the the fad aspect of it the reels but you know the stories um one thing we'll say is we don't have a lot of followers we're not going for you know that as well at all yeah. but of the people that follow, like when we post stories and we do some geotagging and whatnot, like our view rate is pretty high, like mm-hmm. almost like 70% of like the community that follows us and similar dogs and whatnot, like, you know, they're engaged and they're watching and that's at least something that like goes, oh, okay, like cool. Like at least the people that matter to us are like paying attention, but it feels uh, just kind of authentic, like it's yeah. real time. Right. Um, but it is definitely on my to-do list to yeah. go back into the archives yeah. and then post posts. Um, but instead of, you know, really uh, bombarding the posts with multiple, I, I want to, when, when I have time and go back, make sure that like what whatever I'm posting is like a summary so I can at least have like five to ten 
photos or videos per post so that it's not um, something that's just like, oh, boom, like all these posts, you know, people right. just kind of look at and whether it's seeing progression or, you know, some type of theme and just kind of, yeah. that, that's kind of our style. Definitely. Yeah. And that's the cool part is like you do whatever. The main point I was trying to make was just the documentation because your dog's not going to be around forever. We wish that they could, right? We were just talking about, we are like, this guy's not going to slow down. Mm -hmm. Like this guy, Kino, <laughs> he's not slowing down. He's just going to run himself. He's either going to live forever or he's just going to kill over early on us but we got to be prepared the instagram stuff that's his little page that like we're going to be able to have that forever those photos those videos that we take it's so cool because even like with the old we, we were watching hannah's youtube videos from like three two three years ago right and it's just so funny because once you document it and you put it out there like that like it's cool to go back so like having you know a hundred stories cool but if you did like a hundred posts 10 years the from stories now, you could do really, archive though. They are you archived. Yeah, you like uh, like followers can't, but you mm -hmm. can go and look back at your stories though. Right. Definitely. Yeah. Just, I don't, I mean, for me, I just yeah. like looking at the page and mm -hmm. just like going through and I'm like, oh, look at Kino like a year ago or yeah. we've been getting a lot of his little puppy stuff too. And it's just so crazy how much personality he had. Right. He was such a fighter even at this big that we're just like, oh yeah, you had that it factor and mm -hmm. we had no idea. Like we just didn't know. So it's kind of funny, but that's something maybe to put on the to-do list if it yeah. aligns with your style Absolutely. it'd be cool because i'd like to see old stuff too like yeah. just mm -hmm. feed through the page and even when it is training stuff you take it and you're like oh that's how they're doing reverse like let's figure that out or let's try that out see if it works for us but, right no that's valid like what as you were saying that part of me was thinking in my mind well you know and, and hannah you brought up like we can look at our own like full-on archive and i f i feel part of me feels like oh well that's probably the most important thing because uh, I don't know if it's a personal thing, but it's just kind of like, it's your dog, it's your life kind of right. thing. But at the same time, uh, that's so true because some, some people, some friends that you befriend through the process and whatnot, like, like you guys, um, didn't know the account when Goma was younger. Yeah. And that's so true. Like we're clicking, we click on many levels, but unless I do some throwback posts, like you just don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's so true. And so like, yeah, like for you guys, I'll, you know, I want to show it and share it. Yeah, yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. And I'd say as we're closing this out here, how's your first podcast experience? You have a good time? Fantastic. I feel like we t scratched the surface yeah. on yeah. a lot of topics, and there's a lot of topics that we can definitely deep dive mm. yeah the cool part is this podcast is going to be around for a long time so <laughs> it'd be a good reason to get you back in here right yeah. down the road so i would say the last two questions that we like to finish up with all the guests that come in are who would you say is there anything that we didn't touch on myself or hannah that maybe you wanted to talk about that you didn't get the chance to talk about yet like, you don't have to have anything, but I just like to give our guests, you know, oh, yeah, I wanted to talk about this. Or is there anything that you came in maybe wanting to touch on that, obviously, I'm not in your brain? No, not at all. Like, in terms of, are we missing something? Uh, definitely not. Um, but in terms of thematically, I think we, we first had some career slash mindset things that we were talking about. A, B, fitness. Uh, C, dog training dog etiquette you know that whole train of thought and d diet human or dog four four kind of key themes mm -hmm. and i think we can definitely 
deep dive and pontificate, go on a complete, like, go get weird Mm -hmm. on these topics. (laughs) Yeah. Because... We just kind of teased people mm-hmm. and there, some people listening might go, oh, like this is interesting. And they're, they're, they're kind of going off topic and really diving in. And then we kind of have to back out. Mm. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. It'll be for next time. Yep, yeah. Next time. Obviously mm-hmm. can't get it all in one swing. Yeah. Right. Got to just bit by bit. Yeah. And my last question for you is. Who are maybe two to three people that you know here in Southern California that after coming on the show and sitting down in the couch, you would like to have maybe myself or Hannah reach out and see if we can get them in the same seat as you and learn a little bit more about their story? Could be uh, a friend, uh, a business owner, old person, young person, anybody really that you think would be really nice to just come on and share some time? Ooh, good question. This is kind of like a shout out part. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, you know, we, we scratched the surface um, with a lot of things here, but one, um, Garth Hewitt, the yoga, mm-hmm. you know, All right. instructor, entrepreneur. Cool. Um, would definitely be one. And I think you guys can just really go all out on yoga mindset yeah yeah um, it would be cool if we like maybe took one of his classes yes and then was like yeah let's get and this yeah. is what we're getting from like the little scratch that we've yeah. started that'd be cool yeah yeah because because i mean to to preview anything you know it's athletic and rigorous but at the heart of it it's about fighting your ego mm. gratitude and letting go right. is really something that you kind of get with him and so it'll be interesting did you struggle with that like letting go of yourself a thousand percent Mm. that's how you are i think a little bit am i right or wrong because me i've always had the highest level of coaches from the olympic level to the professional nfl if they say venture you're going to go through that gap and you're going to light that guy up and it's going to work i go all right I, I, I should, I haven't been there. He, he wrote the play. Let's go do it. You shoot that gap and you light that guy up and you go, huh, that guy knew a thing or two. All right, let's get the next guy. Let's get the next guy. So I've never had an issue with like just letting go like that. Like, I'll, here, you can have it. You want the keys? Let's figure it out. Now, if you fuck up, like now we got to readjust, but like, well, yeah, I think? mean, I think I, I want to be in control all the time of what I do so giving that control or power up to someone else is a little nerve-wracking. It's a little scary. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm down for anything. Yeah. 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 You guys come out and yeah. do the class. Yeah. For sure. That'd be cool. So yeah, he he's one. Oh man, let's see. I I think another uh, interesting you guys would enjoy this is there's a guy named Rainier Pollard. Mm. Okay. Um, he is also someone I've known for uh, about 10 years uh, he teaches hit mm, classes okay. so we're doing fitness now. yeah yeah, I like yeah, it. yeah, I yeah. Like it's like so it. interesting we touch so many things but i guess the people that you know really make up my uh, my mind in terms of how i stay sane are all really quite frankly fitness related yeah. that's good um he teaches hit um, he was a former athlete in college he grew up in florida he did track and field cool um I'm actually going to go take his hit class at seven forty seven thirty today. Oh, uh, a little later. I fun. take his classes Monday and Wednesday now. Cool. Um, 
back before the pandemic, he was probably teaching four to five classes a day at Equinox all throughout SoCal. Wow. He was bouncing around. Bouncing huh? around. Wow. But um, big shout out to him. Um, there was like a virtual fitness craze that took took off in the last few years with VR. Mm. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And then the uh, virtual fitness that he was doing, um, the, the company he was with was actually bought out by Meta. Oh, wow. <laughs> of course. So he's like a, a star, a fitness star in the metaverse. Bet. That's cool. Yeah. So like he's that. like, he only teaches like two classes now because he's, he acts, he has to engage with his fan base on meta. Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I support like that. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. So like two weeks ago in one of his Monday evening classes, someone who met him and took classes with him in the metaverse was visiting ta- visiting SoCal from New York Mm. reached out to Rainier and said, hey, Rainier, can I take your actual class? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. So, like, he, he's a funny guy because he's also um, a stand-up comedian on the side. Oh, that's cool. cool. Um, and has done, like, not, not just, like, people that say, oh, I'm an actor. Like, he has been in Laugh Factory and yeah. you know, stuff like that. Cool. And so, like, he's a funny guy. Yeah. Um, and he's a twerk master. Oh, right. <gasps> Love that. That sounds like a great <laughs> guess. He done, we can get better all together. Perfectly. He's, he's just all out hilarious. He's, he's kind of like um, if Chris Tucker did fitness. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's yeah. cool. Is there maybe one more guy that you can think of? Maybe like a strong female voice. We're trying to book more women to, yeah to kind of balance the show out a little bit she is a pr veteran pr uh, veteran. P- uh, public relations okay so one of yep. the yeah and uh her name is lee everett um she has repped some pretty high profile companies um in their pr campaigns like for example fila mm-hmm. uh, the athletic brand really started venturing into tennis mm. like six seven years ago um, and there's a local tournament, um, has been considered the fifth major in the tennis world. It's out in Indian Wells in the desert here. Uh, now the, called the BNP Paribas Open for a long time. It used to be called the Pacific Life Open. Um, but, uh, Phila has had a really large presence out in the desert as their brand kind of revitalized. Um, and she was a big part of that campaign. Oh, Very cool. successful because it was kind of like a brand strategy vision change that's cool um just kind of how like reebok you know yeah about 10 years ago really kind of refreshed mm-hmm. up into like crossfit and yeah more stuff exactly like that. Yeah. um and so you know she's very interesting um has a lot of that brand exposure has a lot of ins with the say the talent agents the publicist community in hollywood and she's a firecracker She's, yeah. she's hilarious <laughs> we actually live in the same building oh cool yeah, 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 yeah. awesome so her you know her daughter her husband they're all hilarious but her specifically yeah. she's like um yeah she, she's unhinged yeah that's yeah. cool yeah. i like that yeah Fun. well hey thank you for coming on we appreciate yeah, your time thank scott you. and uh hope you had a good time thank hope you. you'll be back want to close this out this has been natural, natural thoughts, thoughts and, and talks. talks we'll catch you guys later <laughs> bye With the digest. The digest. Scott. Digestion. Oh.
Oh, my bad. Let me silence my phone. Um, excuse you. Blowing up. So popular. So famous. Are you? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. This is a great episode, though, yeah. right? Yeah. Scott's really nice. Yeah, he's a great guy. He's always, like, super cool and nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Big vibes. He's always, like, coming up with fun stuff to do, too. Mm-hmm. Like, you want to go on a hike? You want to go to the beach? You want to go here? Or even when we say we're going stuff, like, we're going to San Diego. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you got to check this out. I like people like that, right? You know what I should have asked him that I forgot? What? About... I'll answer it. Go ahead. No. <laughs> okay. You know how we sometimes have interactions where people just, like, come up to Kino or, like, you know, like yesterday, like, we had someone that, you know, didn't ask if they could pet the dog, you know, things like that. I want to see um, how he, he reacts to things like that. Like, if he and Goma gets people like that, just show up and, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because he trains a lot with Gomas, you know? So, like, I'm assuming people might show up in the middle of a training session. Totally. And be like, can I pet it? You know, this and that. But, you know, yeah. how does he react to things like Not that? Not to speak for him, but I hear that he keeps a nice, good, big ring on his left hand for backhanding people. Oh, wow. He just pimp slaps them. They're like, oh, my gosh, what kind of... And they just get out of here. Are you talking more about you? you know? No, no, that's him. That's him and Goma for sure. That's right. what I think. I could be wrong, but... I think you're very wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think, but that's that's a question for next time. Definitely. Yeah. Stick that on the list. Forgot about that. But yeah, was it, you okay? A little sniffly? Well, I had some sweet and sour sauce. <laughs> oh yeah, that'll get you, right? How yeah. is your sister feeling? Is she? I think she's doing better. Alive? Yeah, she's doing a lot better, I think. Yeah. The worst part with this cold going around is just the sleep time. Mm. Like I hate sleeping with congestion because it's always just like, because you, know you can I mean? walk around the street and like you know just let it run down or like you can Ugh. you know do this and that yeah but when you're sleeping because also you're trying to fall asleep but you're you can't fall asleep because you're over here sniffling and coughing and doing this and that and yeah definitely you don't like that i like shoot my snot rockets out baby it's so baby outside <laughs> yeah you just picked your nose yeah outside and you're licking it no, not at all. I was oh. getting my nail now. I didn't even um, really pick anything out. It's just more of like a... a scratch? Yeah, kind of. Um, outside, do whatever. Like you, It's like you're spitting on the floor, you know, this and that. I would get it. But maybe inside, come on now. Yeah, I get you. I agree. Yeah, so let's stop that. Well, don't tell me what to do. You're not my dad, all right? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just, it's a small ask. You're asking way too much of me, all right? That's Am way I too now? much. Yeah. That's not, you can't handle that? Mm, didn't know. I didn't know he was like from Japan, Japan too. Right. That was really cool. Yeah. Was there anything that we needed to check the facts on? I feel like there was one thing that he was talking about. Oh, the about. Kobe. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Let's do a little deep dive into Kobe beef. How, well not, <laughs> no, not the beef. How did. The place. Or uh, the basketball Kobe player. Bryant get his name. That's what it was about. Cool. His parents named him after the famous beef of Kobe, Japan, which they saw on a restaurant menu. Okay. And then his middle name, Bean, was derived from his father's nickname, Jelly Bean. Oh. I thought it was because the head Brian's looks like a little bean. family was Catholic and he was brought up with this faith. In, uh, in America, our yeah. most... The land of the free, home of the brave... Yeah. I was <laughs> like, are you saying it right? Um, what did you say wrong earlier? You were like... I, said, I think I said quantity over quality. Or you're like, like, I'd that. rather have quantity over quality. And I was like, all right, McDonald's. Yeah. Sure, go ahead. Um, anyways, 
majority of like people are Catholic, right? Like Here? if you're like a Christian religion, it's like Catholic Christian. Uh, I have no idea. Let's let me Google that right quick. Like breakdown of Christians. Well, well, because I, I mean, a lot of people here. I mean, just compared to Sweden, if you're if you say like you're Christian, a lot of them here mean that they're Catholic. Here, I I don't know about that. No, I mean that's what I've heard. Okay, people I, I think... talk about, but in Sweden, that's not like a, it's a thing for sure. But if you're Christian, that means you go to church, and not like a Catholic church. Okay, due to the diversity of the Protestant denominations... Protestant is what people are in Sweden. Catholics boast the largest number of Christian adherents among the various denominations. Mm-hmm. Okay, so roughly 48.9% of Americans... Percent, 49 Americans. So almost 50% of Americans are Protestants. 23% of that 50 are Catholics. Hmm. 1.8 are Mormons. Okay, and... Okay, yeah, so you're right. Good yeah, job. We're a little side note. I just felt like my kind of circle, I guess, the areas that I grew up with yeah. weren't mainly Catholic. Like to yeah, me, I mean, I didn't grow up in, in Catholic. Like I knew a few I mean? people, but not like to the level of like, oh yeah, that's the main one, but cool. I didn't really know about, I mean, I knew about the, about Catholicism and what it was, but I didn't really know of any people that were Catholic until coming here. Yeah, I'm not too well versed. I know like... Catholics and then I think it's like Baptists is what I do like, have a little bit I, of beef with the Catholic Church though. Yeah, with say. like fucking kids in their ass and stuff. Well, like, well yeah, but also they yeah. have incense and stuff like that that they burn oh, in the okay. church and it smells really bad. Yeah, our problems are way different, but yeah, yeah. cool. Because when I when so I you're was okay with the kids, no, <laughs> I'm saying from my personal experience, yep, that incense that they burn does not smell good. I got you. Mm-mm. No, I'm with you. So I got a little couple like facts to pull up. Did you have anything related to Kobe beef though, or we were good with that? No, that was it. That's nice though. Mm-hmm. I like that we were able to confirm that. Yep. Pretty cool. Um, oh, Bart Simpson is no longer getting strangled by Homer Simpson in the Simpsons now officially. What do you mean? I just got an update that said Homer will no longer be strangling in the show anymore so what is he gonna do are they are they making new episodes though yeah baby it's the longest running like animated so show they're still making episodes yeah wow definitely i didn't know that and they're fine. they should probably stop really why people are watching well yeah but it's like with spongebob or like with family guy like just watch old shit just because it's not swedish doesn't mean that it doesn't deserve its place on the airwaves um yeah you got to be more like get out of your bubble all right mm. what I'm do we got here not. Um, do, 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 do. Oh, how many haircuts do you think the average person gets in their lifetime? Well, if I'm, if I'm taking it from my personal experience, every year I'll get my hair done maybe twice or three times a year. And I will live until I'm 90, let's say. You think so? So I would say... I get about 150. 150. Let's see here. I don't really have like a lifetime one. Oh, no, no, no. 200. 200? You get, wait, 200 in your whole life? Yeah. Really? That's it? Oh. Okay, I mean, maybe. Let's see. On average, women take a trip to the hairdresser five times a year. <gasps> Who does that? Oh, yeah? You don't go five times a year? I mean, if you got money, go ahead. But it costs like $300 every time you go. 
And is it really needed or is that more of just like a... No, you should. Like you should cut your hair and things like that, but... Five, five, times a five year. times a year seems a little excessive to me i think that's like every what two months hmm. while one in every 20 women will go for a drastic change hmm. wow only 15 percent of women will keep the same hairstyle over five years the drastic change i made was cutting my hair off yeah not all year. the way but yeah no but short. i cut it to my ears almost like it, to my shoulders you, you know Karen. it was it was not <laughs> don't ever say that <laughs> Um, but no, it was, I mean, it was short for sure. Definitely. I liked it a lot. It was I've just, never you, had it that short. You just needed more maintenance, right? I think it looked great. No. And I liked it too. I just like, I didn't feel like spending the time to do like to style it every single day. And then also to keep it that length, I would have to go back and cut it every month or so, you know, I, I could do it. For I'm you not doing all that. No, thank you. Mm. Um, I also had bangs when I was younger. Yeah. Like when I was little, I had bangs. And then also, I think in fourth grade, I cut bangs again. Who did them? Your mom? No, we went to the hairstylist and did it. Oh, nice. The, I mean, the the first ones when I was little, it was probably my mom. But in fourth grade, it was a, a hairstylist. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. I got like a couple more things on this list that we can get through before the digest is over. Yeah. Do you think that the, this is from a non-American, from okay. an illegal citizen, right? Uh, Definitely not illegal. Well, anyways... Is the USA, is the, is USA, or is it the USA, is the US mm -hmm. the only country that does flyovers before sporting events? I think because it is so patriotic, and I'm not saying it's in a bad way, because I, I do really like the way that they value... Freedom. No, like Success. the... No, like military and stuff like that, and how they really, like, they're proud of their military. Facts. Um... I, I do think that they might be one of the few countries for sure that yeah. do it in that way. Because think about it. They're doing flyovers for college games, professional which, games. Which I'm like... Some high school games, Some Little random League. city in Utah. We really have to bring out the military for that. Yeah. Like that seems a little much. But in general, I do really appreciate how they honor the military and just like what they do. Mm -hmm. I mean, Veterans Day is on Friday, FYI. Nice. I got an email from school saying all classes are canceled for Friday. That's cool. I don't have any classes on Friday, so it doesn't really bother me or, you know, change anything for me. But I do really appreciate what they do for. Now, after, they don't take care of them too well afterwards, but they do at least honor and like, thank you for your service. Give out military discount, you know? I like that. I like it. Speaking of planes and stuff, speed. Hmm. I was thinking about, I was listening to, I think, like a Rogan thing. <clears throat> and they were talking about the, like, F1 cars getting up to 200 miles an hour or something like that. And they were like, hey, the fastest I've been is, like, 120 or something or 140, whatever it was. Babe, when my parents bought that Challenger back in, like, 2017 or 2018, I was doing, like, 119 mm -hmm. or 120 in Pasadena, like, on the roads. Really dangerous. Yeah. That wasn't too smart. Yeah, definitely not. And you just could have easily like hit a car or like wrapped it around a pole. Well, it's and also because you don't have enough time to slow down. Like if something is out there. Absolutely. You're driving 120 miles an hour. You don't have time to stop. Mm -hmm. So like even if you are trying to stop it and like you do see something, the fact that you only have 60 meters and you're driving 120 miles an hour 
it's not going to work. Yeah, but the thing was is there was like no fear hmm. at all. It was just, it's kind of cool. So what I wanted to say was before the brain is developed at a higher level, right? What was I, 18, 17, something like that? You just go. You just want to go fast. Like that's all you want to do. You don't know about the consequences, like aside from police or whatever or parents or whatever like the real consequence is death like mm. that's probably the most dangerous thing i've ever yeah. done and um yeah like it's kind of crazy would you do different now <clears throat> i'd probably do it on a more of an open course yeah. i wouldn't do it in an urban street setting like right. that in pasadena but for sure if we're middle of barstow like you know on the highway going you're you can go that fast in the desert the risk isn't like that high if it's open road but, um, yeah, on a street, like, that's a 30, 40 mile an hour, you're pushing your car that hard, and it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, what the hell? Like, when, obviously, like, I mean, 120 miles an hour, that's really fast. But, like, when you are driving, like, 200 miles an hour, like these drivers are, what the hell do you see? The lines start to change. I mean, li- lines change just when it gets dark out for me. Definitely. But, like, what the hell? Yeah, but when you start going over, like... 1 105 110 like on such a like a urban setting like that it like things kind of warp like they kind of narrow in it's really weird you don't yeah yeah, you just don't look at it like normal it's just like and things kind of it's weird but that's scary yeah would you want to do um some sort of a race course sometime in the future i like go-karting oh yeah go-karting would be cool i've been go-karting i think two or three times Mm -hmm. yeah let's do that i like go-karting that's fun. We'll put that on the list. Because you don't go that fast, but it's still like a fun... Like, the one where you put rear, like, rear, the helmet rear. on a little bit. like mm-hmm. the Yeah, that'd be super cool. Yeah, go-karting's fun. Let's do that. Yeah. Also, I wanted to kind of find more fun things for us to do, too. Because mm-hmm. we need we just, you know, keep it keep it spicy, keep going. Want to play like Naked Hide and Seek or something? <laughs> you know, I got that from your aunt and uncle. <laughs> it was just, it was just funny. We can play now that we have dominoes, naked dominoes. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Domino. <laughs> or, you know, we do. I mean, we already know what we look like naked. So I don't know. There's kind of no point. But we, um, the person that loses each round takes an item of clothes off. Oh, that's kind of a weird, um, like the swinger story that yeah. we were listening to. If you, could well, you I imagine? Didn't, I didn't listen to that. I fell asleep. You fell asleep, right? But the armchair anonymous was like, yeah, hey guys, we're playing dominoes, but you have to take your shirt off. That'd be really uncomfortable and creepy. I'd be like, guys. Can we talk about that? What is up with these swingers? Yeah, it's a little weird. What the hell? Um, it just like, seems a little I, I creepy. I feel like you're not mentally stable. You think you so? You can't be. No, you yeah. cannot. Take me through it. So do you not understand any of the positives at all? I mean, I can understand what? like, oh, you get to see someone else or whatever, like, you know, cool, I guess, but... To, like, actively be in a community and, like, this is what we do every single weekend and, like, we all live in the same place. Like, that's weird as hell to me. Yeah. I think the crazy part is how do you not get attached? That's my thing. Is yeah. Like, I think I'd get a little attached. Well, I feel like also these people probably have, like, commitment issues because I think no couple that is, like, truly committed to each other could on a, like, weekly basis go and do these parties you know what i mean like i don't like i couldn't do that my issues are how do you not kind of fall in love with this couple i guess yeah like hell yeah i like this Susie. she's she really gets it and then dave really pounds my wife great like we really like hanging out with them so i feel like there's going to be somebody you got four people somebody's going to fall in love with somebody Mm -hmm. right 
And then sanitary. It's dirty as mm, hell. I don't want to be inside people like that. Ugh. Yeah. I don't know where you've been. And we're all like in, a, in the same room. Yeah. There's like 20 people in one room. Yeah, Ugh, I'm going to throw saying. up. Somebody didn't wipe properly. Like, For sure. That's what I know. For sure. It's like... Now, even if everybody took a bath, we just got out. Because that's when I'm at my cleanest, I feel like, is after a bath. Well, I'm not talking about sanitary in that way. Like, oh, yeah. Are, do you have something? Like, I'm talking about Can overall. I see your test results? I'm talking about overall. Like, yeah. how long, how hard of a day at work did you have? Did you come straight from work here? Did you shower before? Yeah. How much do your feet stink right yeah, now? Oof. Like, Yeah, exactly. A whole work day? Exactly. Yeah, I'm going to throw up. Mm-hmm. Not for me. I like where that took us. Swingers. Not for us. <laughs> not at all. But you can go ahead and inquire at Hannah, Hannah, Hannah at gmail.com. <laughs> For what? Send pictures of your feet and we'll see what's going on. No, thank you. But yeah, I like how we went from speed to swingers. Yeah. That was good. But I wanted to finish with the positives of there is something about that that is kind of impressive. That you're that almost fearless or naive at that young of an age to just be like, yeah, let's to do it. To be swingers? <laughs> No, to just like drive, take that level of a risk. Yeah. I guess because maybe you don't have anything. You know what I mean? Like you don't have, like, I love you. I wouldn't do anything where I want to die intentionally. I'd at least factor it into my decision. Mm-hmm. Of like, do I want to do that? I still want to go fast. How about I go fast somewhere safe? Like, is there a better way to do mm-hmm. this? That's what I would think versus like, cool, when the light turns green, let's go and just see what happens. Like exploring. It's almost like that little puppy in Africa. Remember the African dogs where the like smartest puppy got too ambitious and mm-hmm. she left and then got eaten in the middle of the night? I guess that's the line you got to walk. That's right? a pretty good lesson that those animals taught us, huh? Yeah. Of like... You got to kind of like... You have to kind of control it because if not, you, you might get yeah. snatched. There has to be a balance. Yeah. Yeah, just like um, I got a meeting with you know, somebody here in the next couple of days, and he said something like, I want to pay off all my debt this year, right? And because, the, and his reasoning was, I see all these other people that are in their 50s or 60s, and they haven't paid their stuff off yet. And it's like, I totally get that, but you're just doing the complete opposite. So whatever mm-hmm. the pain and the negativity is of that, you're going the extreme other way. So let's say you're super overweight, right? You're taking forever to get in shape. Now you become anorexic, that's you now you're too skinny you're underweight Mm. why don't you find that happy balance yeah and how much value are you able to provide as far as like money goes what could that money be doing other than paying off this crazy student debt that you're talking about which you have time to pay it off in 5 10 15 20 years whatever well that's the thing with the student loan stuff of like there's nothing now yeah like it might suck having like a million dollars in school debt like that's a lot of money like you have to work really hard to pay that off but most people don't have that much in school debt but it's like what that, do you think the average person has i would if you say had to guess, 30 my guess is 30 i'm gonna say 70 oh wow. i think it's more okay. than we think yeah i'm gonna say 70 how much student debt does the average American have. Oh, geez. It was like something, something million. Okay. The average federal student loan debt balance is $37,718. Cool. What did I say? 30? 30. That's pretty close. Um, But it's like, you're fine. Like what your monthly payment is what? Maybe $70. Yeah. So it's like, and I think... If as long as you can pay maybe a little bit more than seventy dollars a month, 
you're not going to be stuck with your student loan debts until you're 70. Yeah. You know what I mean? And my question, though, is where did you get, like, this person who's saying that, where did you get the idea of, like, I'm going to just hurt myself and pay it off as fast. I'm not going to enjoy anything. I'm going to skip vacations. You know, do this, do that. Like, instead of paying $100 a year, I'm going to pay $1,000 a month and get it paid off this fast. Okay, you get it paid off. Now what? Well, and that I think that works if you have, like, credit card debt of money that you have spent that you should probably should not have oh, well, yeah, spent. Oh, yeah, you shouldn't have spent that. That's yeah. totally different of like, yeah, you might not be able to go out every single weekend because you have to pay your credit credit card off because you owe your credit card bank fucking $17,000. Yeah, that's a completely different you know what I mean? hole. That's a debt that I totally understand. Like, I want to get this paid off. But school debt, it's like, what are you going to... Are you going to just work and work and work and work to get this money paid off? And then here you are at 35. So what? It took you 15 years instead of 30 years to pay it off. Yeah, that's kind of But you kind of missed out on 15 years of like experiences and fun times. Or just value that that money could have provided down the road like that. Also, just kind of think about it like a shower, right? Just like the dog thing is people who go that crazy if you're going to take a shower let's say you want it medium right let's say you have it hot right and it's as hot as the shower goes and it burns your back and then you turn around and you put it on ice cold right and then you're like oh turn around hot 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 turn around ice cold right technically the amount of like water is still 70 degrees or whatever but you had to go from 100 and then like 50 you see what i'm saying so Mm -hmm. it's like you're being super, super frugal and then super, super, like, what's the opposite of frugal? Uh, spender. Yeah. Um, and you're, you got to find that balance in between, just like the shower. You got to, mm-hmm. like, put it on medium and, ooh, this is mine. Yeah. So, kind of my thoughts. Do you have a bunch of student loan debt? Not at all. No? Yeah, no. Nothing super good. I got to start paying it, though, mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah. So, that time is coming and yeah. we'll get it knocked out. But yeah. it's nothing crazy. It's not like I went to USC and I'm like, 250k in the hole yeah i think i have like six or seven grand from like i think i only took it out one year or two that i didn't get that scholarship Mm -hmm. so it'll happen yeah last thing we were at the roma de roma coffee shop and that homeless lady walked by and you're like don't look don't look what is this rule where you can't... I said don't look at her eyes. Oh, definitely. Don't look at her eyes. Yeah. Don't make eye contact. Like, it's a fucking T-Rex in Jurassic Park, right? And that's the point. point. Totally. You know, You know, I'm going to give you a little analogy here. You know when Kino's over here and you stare at his eyes and he jumps at you? Yeah. That's what that lady's going to do. Yeah. What is going on there? That's what I'm trying to figure out is I don't agree or disagree with it, but what is the deal? Do you when... want to be attacked by some homeless person? At Aroma de Roma, I can pick the chair up and fuck her up. No, I know. But do you, <laughs> if you, if you could, would you try to avoid that situation? Definitely. Right. So what I'm saying is maybe don't stare into her eyes because what, what you see is just some crazy lady talking to herself. What she might see when you look into her eyes and she looks into your eyes is that's the devil. I got to fight it. Ooh. You know what I mean? You don't know what she sees because there's obviously stuff going on, drugs, mental health, whatever. There's a lot going on with her, clearly. Um, that's why I say don't stare into her eyes. You can look at her feet, you know, do whatever. Mm. But, like, staring into her eyes and she's catching on to that, some shit might happen. Mm. And I don't feel like having a, a crazy lady homeless that was stinking all over you or me. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, thank you. 
My only pet peeve is spit. I don't want any homeless Ooh. spit getting thrown my way. Because sometimes, you know, people might, like, I could probably spit and hit you from here to here if I really, you know, Pua. Like, that's like, and what are you going to do? Like, Matrix weave the thing? <laughs> you know, like, oh, yeah, watch out. That's what, you gross. can't do that? <laughs> and you can't even really see it, too. It's like a little shotgun splatter. Well, and it's not like, like, if someone's coming to swing at you, you can kind of, that's a slower motion, I feel like, than if you're spitting. That's coming out of nowhere. You're just mm -hmm. like, What's, now there's spit on me. I'm going to throw yeah. up. It's gross, right? I'm going to throw up. Pretty nasty. Well, anyways, so I guess we could have like a segment of the show. Like, do you look this homeless person in the eyes? Yes or no? <laughs> <laughs> just put up several people. What would you do in this scenario? <laughs> yeah, right? Do you look this person in the eyes or no? But I think also the way I was looking at it is maybe you could kind of like break them. Like if you have, maybe you could cure their mental health. <laughs> See, I would not take that chance. If yeah. you want to be this uh, world savior, savior and save all these homeless people from their mental health issues and drugs, go ahead. Mm -hmm. All you. But what I'm saying is I'm not staring them into their eyes. I think what I... So yeah, you're trying to hide and then... Which is cool. Like I get your your tactic and that's most people. If, like, I'm just not don't, hiding. I'm just not, not provoking. You're just avoiding. Yeah, you're yeah. kind of just like, stay still. Like I get it. They come by and you're like, just don't make like any crazy movement. Mm -hmm. I get what you're doing and I do that as well. But what I try to do too is like have the option to let's say just kind of like where can we take it yeah no 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 i don't want to play this game at all with this homeless person but let's say if like everybody is not looking and then there's one i kind of want to be like like look away you know what i mean like I'm, i see you look away kind of like that but i get how you're saying it could become a challenge mm. and now we have to dance battle this crackhead yeah. in the middle of the street and then you get spit at yeah don't want hmm. that don't want the spit yeah <laughs> i'd spit back I'd be like what get out of here yeah. Well, if you have any like closing comments. I love you. Why? Because you take so good care of Kino. Yeah. We and tried. He is actually pretty mellow now. I'm, I don't know if you guys heard during the episode, but he was barking a little bit and I was getting frustrated. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah. But before we one. end, we just went there and I can't go to the park when it's that busy yeah. with him because people are coming up and they want to like say hi or they want to ask questions about their dog. And I'm like, hey. This isn't the time. Like, I brought him out here to that's train. That's such a weird fucking thing, babe. Like, can people respect boundaries? I would uh, never in my life, if I see that someone's actively training with their dog, mm -hmm. I'm not going to go up there and be like, hey, by the way, do, what do you think about this? Should I just out? Like, no. Like, leave that situation alone. Now, if the person is maybe just sitting there or you can see that, you know, some not a lot of stuff is going on, maybe, you know, kindly ask and be, you know, cool, but... What's up with people not understanding the boundaries? Yeah. It's rude. I like, get it. it's common sense. And for your own fucking safety, too, you don't know what mode or mood this dog is in. He might be, I mean, Kino works with a sleeve. So, what would be the level of appropriate behavior? Obviously, I can't take like a BB gun and shoot people. That's too far, right? Yeah. Could I take maybe like a little wet towel and start, like, no. get out of here? No, just be like, hey, excuse me, I'm training with him right now. It's been a lot over the past few days, though. Yeah, the so lady then just at be Rite like, hey, um, yep. we're training right now. Okay. He, uh, me and him need to stay focused. Thank Got you. Got it. Got it. Because at the end of the day, it's your dog and it's you. You're not here to put a show on for anyone. And You're not what here I just to like, heard cater. You say, you're like, I don't even know what you said, but all I got was, hey, bitch, get the fuck out of here. That's not what I said. Don't you see me I working? I said, okay, listen to me very closely. Ho? You say, 
hey, excuse me, we're training right now. We got to stay focused. Bye. And you wave. Bye. Middle finger. Bye. Wave with the middle finger. <laughs> okay. Well, I love you. Love you. Bye-bye. Bye.